0: Baker Mayfield undraftable off
1: my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful
2: throw by the Baker. Victor hasta la vista baby.
1: Welcome in everybody to the OBR film breakdown. Your host Jake Burns, we have a great show for you tonight talking about pertinent topics, an interview that we shared on our Twitch stream, but I think is good in case you missed that Twitch stream. We'll get to both of those guests here in a little bit. Before we do so, I want to talk, I know we've been talking about it, and we're going to talk about it with our first guest, but we've been talking about Nick Chubb's contract, but some details from Over the Cap, which overthecap.com is the best resource for uh, some of these, uh, some of these contract details, which you don't get them from a tweet from an insider like, like we saw with Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport. So I'm gonna just share some of the details I see here. So the contract for Chubb, which is 36.6 million, three years, will make Chubb the sixth highest-paid running back in terms of average in the NFL, while guaranteeing him 200 or sorry, geez, 20 million dollars per source. With the knowledge of the contract, uh, Chubb will receive 17.133 million in fully guaranteed salary at the fully guaranteed consists of Chubb's 21 and 22 base salary, along with $12 million signing bonus and $3 million option bonus in the second year of the contract. The remaining $2.87 million in guarantees will vest to a full guarantee in 2022, making the $20 million figure virtually guaranteed at signing. That's a big thing for Nick. In 2021, he'll receive a $920,000 base salary and a $12 million signing bonus. His salary cap will be... Uh, the hit will be 4.78 million, about a $500,000 increase. Only that's a small increase, $500,000 increase. And 22 Chubb will earn a guaranteed, fully guaranteed 1.213 million base salary, three million guaranteed option bonus. His cap charge will be 5.21 million in 2022. In 2023, it goes up, and this kind of is parallel to when the the, the spike in the cap will happen. 23 Chubb will earn 10.85 million in salary. Of which 2.867 million is protected for injury, and will be fully guaranteed by 2022. The salary cap charges now the biggest we've seen goes from 5.21 to 14.85. So that's two years in. Now the third year is where they could get out of this in 2024. Chubb will earn a non-guaranteed salary of 11.75. Again, non-guaranteed salary of 11.775 up to 425,000 in per-game bonuses. The cap charge that final year will get pretty plumpy. million. So here are the details that I think are important. The new money in the contract works out to 36.6 million, a number that takes into account the fact that Chubb would have received a raise from his stated base salary this year due to a 17th game. Standard across the league with negotiations right now. Chubb's contract tracks with Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Recent contracts will be significantly stronger than Aaron Jones despite a similar average per year number. The strength of Chubb's contract more or less lies with the two-year cash flow and length of the contract, which at three years is important. At three years, is the shortest ten million per year running back contract on the market. That's wildly important. While the length of the contract at this position often is not as important as other positions, it does give Chubb a chance to keep his current, uh, sorry, keep his career moving. If he's one of the few who evades the running back breakdown. On a per year basis, Chubb will receive $6.67 million in guarantees, which compares favorably with players mentioned above, and moves past Cook $6.375 million per year in guarantees. The amount of prorated money relative to the size of the contract is also very strong for Chubb. Chubb will receive $24.4 million in new money over the two years, which blows past Aaron Jones $20 million and falling a hair under Derrick Henry at 25.5, million, Cook at 26, million, and Mixon at 27 million. So Chubb has less downside than all these players due to the per-game bonus structure. Chubb has just $425,000 in per-game bonuses across the contract, which locks his two years in at $24.4 million and gives him a worst-case scenario of 36.175 if he plays all three years. That puts the downside value of the contract above the downside value of other players. The cash number here represents a strong commitment from the Browns. We estimated a two-year franchise tag for Chubb of $21.1 million and he will instead earn $24.4 million over that time frame. If the Browns were to walk away before paying out that $24.4 million, they would uh, wind up paying Chubb $16.4 million for the 2022 season. Lastly, the salary cap structure provides short-term benefit for the Browns, but may leave them a bit compromised for the future. The team takes just an extra $500,000 in cap charges this year, $5.2 million in cap charges in 2022. It's important the Browns are right up against the cap next year if a Mayfield extension is not complete. The cap number jumps to 14.85 million in 2023, which is the year when the, uh, the salary cap's expected to jump for the league. As mentioned above, it's doubtful the Browns would want to release Chubb in 23. Again, he would be in 23; he would be just 27, turning 28. So they could be in the position where they look to restructure him. What the cap looks like the, when that year comes around, the deal does keep the franchise tag completely open for Mayfield in 23. The contract protects Chubb from the uncertainty of free agency. Free agency has basically been a nightmare for running backs in recent years jones contract paid him 10 million per year over the first two seasons And melvin gordon reached eight million a season so he avoid that okay could have gone the packers route and chance free agency but instead treated chubb like a franchise player anticipating him to be their version of derrick henry for the next three seasons we'll see if that works out again this is uh i want to make sure i'm citing my sources and you guys know this this is from over the cap who, who wrote this article fantastically written breakdown of Nick Chubb's money, so a little more than I think was publicly let on about how well Chubb did with the contract. So you know the Browns got a, a relative bargain for what they're expecting from him, but Chubb got a lot of things compared to his his running back counterparts that make it a pretty good deal for Nick, and you can see why he would agree to that deal. So wanted to share that information. We're gonna have Brad Ward on just a second. He's gonna talk about a little bit about Chubb. Then we're gonna talk about Anthony Walker issue and the MRI that we are uncertain about the information uh, pertaining to that MRI, but. That was conducted, and then we are going to talk to Nathan Zagura. Caught him on the drive back into the studio to do his nightly show. So many great insights. Again, that was on Twitch. Uh, If you heard it on Twitch, I apologize for posting it again. This will not have any of the Twitch buzzers or noises. I'm going to try to do a better job of keeping stuff that's on Twitch off of the podcast for that exact reason. I don't want that to be annoying to you, so I'll try to record anything like this off air where we don't get that kind of stuff. Uh, Anyway, reminds me. Go to the OBR link your prime account it's a free subscription tons of great stuff if you do subscribe check that out let's get over to our interview with brad ward right now and uh, i think you'll enjoy it here we go all right brad thanks for joining us man how are you i'm doing fantastic it's an honor to be with you jake likewise likewise let's talk about nick chubb we've had plenty of conversations you and i your show my show you happy they got it done did you like the price
3: give me your uh give me your summation of how you felt yeah, I feel like uh, we're pretty close to right on. I think, you know, the year was was a year short. I, I think we had talked about maybe four years on the, you know, in a total, and that's kind of a non, that number doesn't really matter. Um, more of the guaranteed numbers matter, but, uh, you know, a year less than that, but that right of that 12 million, which is about the, the franchise tag or what the franchise tag is going to be in twenty twenty two, and that's kind of what we thought, right? Um, year wise. And that puts him at like sixth in running backs, I think, uh, APY, so um somewhere around there. Um, and uh, you know, he gets a lot of it's favorable for both sides actually, you know, cash wise. I mean he's gonna get seventeen million of the twenty million dollar guaranteed in cash in the first by the time the first year of the extension is done so by the end of 2022 he'll have 17 of that 20 million in his pocket
1: yeah can't beat that i mean i thought they like you said concessions i talked about this before we came on the air concessions about the game bonuses so more guaranteed dollars yes. to him uh, the the rare 3-year deal that creeps up over the, yes. the 20 million mark uh, so something it's not like i don't think those things were discussed initially brad i i don't i don't think people were you know people were really looking at where he came in guaranteed dollars and all that stuff, but there were things they gave Nick to sweeten the deal too. It's not like Nick walked out of it feeling like, man, I just didn't get anything I was looking for here. <laughs> I think no. I think he did well too. I think I think that's important. I had John Calesimo on last night and he was kind of talking about how Nick is that he's that perfect balance of wanting to run the football effectively, but not feeling like you had to force the football to him in all these different ways. So it keeps your offense flexible right to be able to still do a lot of the things that the data is telling you to do like I don't I don't think they signed this deal and now they feel like oh man we gotta we gotta give Nick 250 carries next year I don't think yeah. the plan changes much between him and Kareem I know the numbers were a little skewed I think Kareem ended up with like five or six more carries than him last year uh, obviously because Nick missed four games
3: but I still see yeah. them having a 60-40 split do you think it stays the same? Yeah, I do. I don't see it changing at all. I mean, you got to spread the ball around a ton on this team, and Nick Chubb isn't a guy—I mean, he's a perfect weapon that way. I I mean, you don't have to force it to him. You don't have to give it to him to keep him happy, but he is going to be just as effective as you want him to be in that 60-40 split, and he lasts longer for you, and this this contract plays out better that way when he's not getting— super, you know, overrun with the ball, like, hey, we got to pound him for the next two years. I don't think they view that at all. I think you're absolutely right. Um, the Browns did well in this deal, too. I mean, really, if something tragic were to happen, knock on wood, right, and there was a fall-off, Jake, I mean, they could get out of this after 22 pretty easily, I mean, and save, like, $6 million in cap, uh, you know, but. Um, just you know, pay the prorated uh, signing bonus and, and and still save some money after after 22. I mean that's crazy, right? So after one year of the extension, they could really get out if they wanted to. Uh, more likely, you're looking at at a, a more likely out or a restructure probably after 23 if he stays healthy. Yeah, but uh, I mean that's probably what you're looking at, I think. But um, both sides did really well. You know the cash mm-hmm. the cash in the front end to Chubb, and the outs on the back end of the Browns make it seem like really positive stuff. And and I I, I don't think the workload changes at all. I don't I don't think so.
1: And, and he, you know, he'll be approaching twenty-nine. I, I know Nick is yes. obviously a very confident human being, but I think he'll he'll know that that whoever he talks to, he's gonna to talk to his agent, he's gonna to talk to everybody around him, and they're gonna be like, Hey man, you know, twelve fifty carries is kind of the number, twenty-nine thirty is is where we see a fall off, sometimes even twenty-eight. Uh, it's it's you're you're sitting on a really good situation here going into 2024 if the Browns well it'd be going into 2023 if the Browns want to restructure that when the cap's supposed to jump in the 23 season I think it'll be the I think you'll see an eager Nick Chubb to do whatever it takes to keep getting some money and uh, I think Cleveland will be willing to do that so that they can handle some of the extensions that are to come and kind of work on the timing for all of those extensions because that obviously will will be really important and it's uh, it's worked out that they were able to minimize the hit that happened this year because then it yes. can obviously pay dividends by rollover cap down the line when they want to expand some things, especially it's going to be a little tighter against the cap next year. And Andrew Barry referenced, it's going to be even shorter than we think it was going to be. It's going to go up at 2023, but it's not going to be what people were projecting pre-pandemic. As you, you know, they forecast this thing so far out in advance. They they yes. always have a feel for it. It's, just, it's kind of like to the overarching funny thing of all of this is you'll see you'll see these discussions on Twitter and we'll have these cap discussions. And I, I would just imagine if those guys stumbled across the Twitter conversations like Andrew barry and the Capologists on and, and Paul DePodesta, Podesta. They just gotta laugh. Like these people just don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> or like these guys like there are these main accounts on Twitter who are are just continually arguing about you never pay the running back. Can't believe they yes. do this this data, that data I mean, they have one of the smartest minds in in, in organized sports yes. in D Podesta, and Andrew Barry's a smart Ivy League guy. I just don't think we're. I think we're wasting our time. Some of these conversations that happen and the complaining that happens, and it's like, you really think you're smarter than
3: these people? Like you really, really <laughs> think that? Like you really think that? Okay. I left. I left it alone, Jake. There were some comments, you know, and uh, some of them were Steeler fans, some weren't, but very, you know, just ignorant. Just ignorant to pay a running back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want to be like Andrew Berry's really ignorant person, just, you know, really dumb, you know, just, just idiotic person. Like, what are you talking about? And, and you know, the other good, great thing about this deal, Jake, is it sends a great, uh, And like, you know, they touched on this a little bit on Browns Daily. I heard Joe Thomas talking about this today. I think it sends a great message to, like, the team, like, okay, if I put my head down and do my work and it's not, It doesn't have to be so much about, like, statistics. Um, It it just has to be, like, about winning and playing your role, and and you'll get rewarded if you are part. You know, it sends a good message to all the rookies and all the people that are striving to get that second contract on this team. I I like the way this contract sends a message to them. It does. Chubb is the model. He's the model Brown, right? And
1: you also, you know, that stuff's all true. And Joe Thomas has lived it. He's experienced it. And I, I totally agree. And I think if we were talking about Nick Chubb as a wide receiver from his skill set, there would be no discussion. But, you know, we're talking about this difficult conversation around paying running backs. Yeah, It's just kind of funny. You know, there should never be a hesitation to sign a player as good as Nick. That's lost no. in the shuffle. He's really good. He's extremely, no. extremely good. And you don't get extended unless you're extremely good, no matter what. But there's this, like, little hesitation with running backs now, even though... Brad, it's weird. No one, no everyone's paying their running backs. Everybody no one has, does it. No one has skipped yep. paying their running backs, other than Pittsburgh. But they prolonged it with tags and kept him. And if it was just like they extended him, so. Yep. You know, it's just funny. I don't know why there's that stigma. It's like, I, I'm so happy they actually pay. What do you mean? They were going to pay him no matter what. Yeah. They were going to pay <laughs> yeah. him. So there, there should, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying Joe's wrong. I said the same thing when we had our Twitch yeah. episode that night when he signed. I'm like, sends a great message. And if you, you're really, but you got to be really good and you got to be yes. worth it. And he's worth it. So, so cool. He's worth it. Let's switch. Let's talk about something else. Talk about Nick Chubb a lot the past few days. Let's talk about this Walker Injury, air quality I don't know I don't know what's going on Brad Brad Stainbrook from the OBR Our insider Connected with his agent And they are MRIing the knee I don't know If worst case scenario comes up uh, That he is out for a prolonged period of time Or Worst of the worst Which is he misses the year Say he tore a ligament I don't Knocking on wood there Um, Yeah There are options I'm not going to panic about a Mike linebacker Who might have only been a two down linebacker anyway They have guys I tweeted this out Brad They have guys in the building that can do it. B.J. Goodson, who did it last year. I know you got your feelings out there about B.J. Goodson, everybody. He's still a free agent. That probably tells me enough. Also, linebacker free agency is weird, so I don't really take it as this guy's not good enough to play. There's, like, teams who are budgeting linebackers, so there's a little bit of that, and some of these guys at home, K.J. Wright, Quan Alex, are like, I know my worth kind of thing going on. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily a great example for, why is he not signed? He can't play. I don't. Totally buy that. I think BJ Goodson knows he played pretty well last year and probably has a structure. I'm not going to play unless I get this money. I'm going to wait see if injuries happen. To me, if the injury's real, I still think Jacob Phillips fights for the role. He would be would probably slide into your mic position and play it. Uh, it I think you probably keep Mac Wilson at that point. But you, if you want somebody who's done it, knows the system in and out. I tweeted, why wouldn't you consider BJ Goodson? Doesn't have to come in and play a thousand snaps again, but he can be yeah. a guy who's there and ready to play if need be, right? I mean, we've
3: talked about this before. He did a he did a nice job last year. I mean, I, I, for he did. what he yeah for for the opportunity he was given, he did a nice job. So I have no problem with that. And and he's only going to be playing a role, right? Like you said, uh, I mean, how often are we going to have you know three linebackers on the field? You, you know, at times even less than two, less than two, maybe. You know, uh, according to you know what. Uh, Uh, you know they say about the dime packages and and there's different ways you can situate you know situate that dime package and everything but you know uh, I like Jacob Phillips to get some looks there I mean certainly love his potential and it's not like a bad thing that he gets a chance to try to win that job I don't necessarily think obviously they wanted Walker to do this and hopefully he still can but I don't think Jacob Phillips giving him a chance to win that job is, is terrible for the future of that room. Because uh, for me, I'm a big fan of his. I think he could be really, really good and and just, you know, kind of forced into action. Sometimes guys pick, step up and excel, and I think he's a guy that could do that. I mean, they love the way he can run. They love the way he can tackle, right? So, uh, you know, giving him that leadership job, I don't know if he would change the green sticker to John Johnson or whatever, you know. Those are all conversations that would come around that if this was a long-term injury. But um, certainly I would love to see him fight for that job. If that's the case, hopefully he's healthy. But sure, B.J. Goodson is a simple, straightforward answer and a guy that we've seen do it, Jake. Yeah,
1: that's what you would need. You just need some stability. And I I think, again, Jacob Phillips plays at a really fast speed. He He could be fine his week 17 performance at the end of the year, he had eight stop tackles plays that were at or beyond the line of scrimmage. He, he's fine. He, he can play. And I think Jacob Phillips has a bright future and I want him to be the first guy up, like give him every opportunity to play there. But fallback options, I would consider BJ Goodson, a nice fallback option because he's done it and you can at least get something from him. Uh, that wouldn't be some sort of abject disaster. So I'm I'm very much in favor. I also understand that they want to play less linebackers, and, J- and J- John Johnson played some linebacker last year. Really, his roles were sort of a linebacker version for the Rams. That's why he wore the green dot, because their linebacker room was in shambles. I'm not saying they need to go sign a linebacker in this case, but if they do, B.J. Goodson makes a ton of sense to me, because you just need somebody who can come in and be up to speed quickly. A guy who's played in the system last year he called the defense all year he knows what they're doing so it would make a ton of sense to me from a depth perspective but again what do i know people want to yell at me they don't want him back I, whatever i'm just saying not asking you <laughs> to come in and play a thousand snaps again but if you want wow. a guy who if all else fails you need some depth you need a player there he can play he's proven it so and, uh, and that's yeah. also saying bj goodson would be willing to come back to a place that chucked him to the side and there's all that stuff yes. too yeah to consider too before we hit the door brad last question the wide receiver room, everyone loves DPJ. think he's <clears throat> practicing well, obviously. Do, do you really see Rashard Higgins doing what he did last year? Like, playing really well, getting all this attention, 600 yards, and essentially 10 games, 11 games, 12 games, you include the playoffs, 12 games, because he really didn't play the first six weeks. He can he can go out there, go for 600 yards, multiple touchdowns. Baker Baker Higgins, connect. he's going to get jumped again? You really think Higgins is going to be overtaken by DPJ?
3: No, I, I don't think so. I think it's fodder
1: I, too. I think it's fodder too. Give me your reason.
3: Uh, well, I just think he's he's proven himself. Uh, you know, um, they're you know they're paying him two million dollars, which is not a lot of money, but it's something, right? Like you brought him back for that connection. You look at the the stretch to field numbers, and I mean his like yards per per whatever it is per reception or whatever is like to up top three in the league or something. in like the last second half of the season, I mean, he was tremendous down the stretch and I just don't think he gets jumped, but I do think, you know, I, I think like with Hodge and I know they love Hodge. Like the, I know they love him because yeah. he's just like that old school wide receiver that will block run block so well. And he'll ca- make the catches that he's supposed to and be in the right spot and play, special teams that's what hurts higgins he doesn't play special teams but i think he's beyond that as a receiver like i think somebody would have uh, he could be somebody's two like i think he's really good and and i don't think he gets jumped but they're gonna just find roles for these guys i just think i mean he's gonna lose touches because of dpj and schwartz and hodge but i don't think he gets jumped for the three overall wide receiver does that make sense? Yeah, I, I like Donovan
1: Peoples Jones and I've often talked about how replicating three hundred yards and fourteen yeah. catches for multiple touchdowns is a is a real it's a real positive outcome to me. So like Because it's the future. Because yeah, you want him to yeah. be
3: like your future too, right? You,
1: uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think he needs to be forced into that role right now. I guess he could win it. I mean, you know, people forget that Donovan Peoples Jones I shouldn't was dressing before Higgins last year, he played the Dallas game because Hodge got hurt in warm-ups if you recall right.
2: and yeah. like
1: they they essentially hodge won the roll out of camp so i don't know it's weird i just i just think it with what weird. higgins did last year it's it's strange for me to think that he would just be jumped again it'd be it'd be a good outcome if donovan people's jones had a five six hundred yard year and then he's ready to springboard into being the future of the positions because you know higgins is on another one-year contract hodge is on another one-year contract uh, it, it's, uh, they like them. They like them all. I don't know. I guess that's going to be what's most interesting to me is how they end up divvying out those snaps because you also want to get some snaps for Anthony Schwartz as a difference maker too. Right. So, I, you know, I don't know. People just like, I had breakout candidates. and The third wide receiver in Cleveland is probably not wildly important because they don't play a ton of 11 personnel. They might have an uptick this year. I don't think they're yeah. going to be like pushing the Rams for 11 personnel usage across <laughs> no. the league. but. No, I don't know. It's probably like this typical training camp—much to do about nothing. Where these guys don't swing a much during the season unless injuries happen. And if injuries happen, there are specific spots people can play. Like Higgins isn't going to be a slot player, you know. Right. So or DPJ is not really a slot guy either. So there's just a bunch of variables that go. It's not like wide receiver three. People got this misconception that like, ooh, wide receiver three. That that they play certain spots. Like they don't yes. all play. Like, it's not Madden. You can't just depth chart them and move them up. Like, they play specific roles, yes. and that's how they fit into the offense. So you can't – Yes. <laughs> you know, you can't just – it's not a video game. They they play roles. Yeah, so, you can't just sub him in every time there's
2: three Yeah, yeah, the there's, like,
1: a guy plays X or a guy plays Z, and he can maybe know a little bit of the role inside, but he doesn't know all of it. Now, there are guys like Jarvis who can do all of it, but it, it, my point is if – I it just don't be, like – if the first receiver we see on the field in Week One is Kadero Hodge, because
3: don't you freak know, out. yeah, if
1: Jarvis has to come off and tie his shoe, don't have a panic attack. <laughs> like I,
3: they're all, I,
1: agree. I think they're all going to get a lot of opportunity. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, Brad. This is fun, man. We could do this all the time, every night, and 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 have banter about this stuff. But uh, absolutely, we're going to tidy this one up, man. Thanks for joining us. You know, we're a huge supporter of the OBR. We're a huge supporter of you, man. We appreciate you
3: absolutely anytime and it is absolutely my pleasure uh and we'll talk soon buddy this is uh this is fun just ramping up pads tomorrow pads tomorrow man i'll be there hopefully get some insights for us and then i will
1: be on your show next week. So keep your eye out for that guys check out brad's all eyes on cleveland thanks man thanks jake
2: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: okay now we get over to our interview with nathan zagura again training camp topics a ton of them all the inside information you need from somebody who lives and breathes this stuff in the browns organization is there talking to folks in the building no better place for insights let's talk with nathan zagura okay here with mr brown's everything super utility man nathan zagura nathan man what's happening thanks for joining us Uh, oh, it's my pleasure what's happening is we
0: got training camp we got the pads coming tomorrow we're uh You know, five days in, tomorrow the big one obviously with the pads, but it's an exciting time and you know, people are awesome having the fans back at training camp. And so what's going on is, you know, we're we're taking steps. It feels like we're crawling and I know so many people just wanna see this team in action, but we're we're laying the foundation and you know, we're on the road to the twenty twenty one season.
1: Let's jump in. Let's talk about these guys. We're going we're to kind of highlight both sides of the football. Talk to me about Baker Mayfield's comfortability in the se- You his know, second year in the system, second year with his coaches. How's that look for you? Who else is kind of standing out offensively for you?
0: Well, we'll start with Baker. And the word that I've been using on Browns Daily and Browns Live and two-minute drill is command. It just feels like he has a complete command of this offense. It feels like he is so comfortable with the offense taking on that leadership role. You see him talking to receivers after plays, you know, getting these routes precisely how he wants them. And he's throwing an accurate ball. He's throwing a very, very good ball. His footwork compared to this time a year ago when they were working on those transitions with Alex Van Pelt uh, is vastly improved. And in fact, you know, I was watching some practice today with Joe Thomas, and that was the first thing that he said. Man, his footwork footwork looks superb. And, And Baker was ripping it out there. So I would just say total command total comfort, and, and it's great to see you know, him finally in the same system for two years in a row. And then to your other question, which is you know, who's standing out on offense so far, first of all, Odell looks incredible. It, it, the fact that he's coming back from an injury that was suffered you know in week seven a year ago is kind of hard to believe. Now, we have not seen much of him in team drills. I think they're you know, easing him back in, which makes a lot of sense. But just when he's running routes, even on air, it, he looks Great. So I'm very excited to see how he's incorporated, but the guys who have really kind of stood out, I'll give you a couple of youngsters. You know, it's hard to say right now with, you know, the offensive line, and we know how good this line is, but the pads are coming on. As I said, tomorrow, we'll get a better idea then, but uh, Donovan Peoples Jones has really, really worked on his body and in talking to people in the organization, he's a name that comes up every time when I say, you know, who would you had a really, really good off season? Who's helping themselves? Donovan Peoples Jones, he, he looks faster. Uh he's moving very well and he's making plays it seems like every single day in camp. So and he's getting an opportunity, you know, to work a lot with the top unit because of Odell and you know Jarvis taking it a little easy. And then another guy that really has kind of caught my eye offensively would be Demetrick Felton, the rookie out of UCLA. And you know, he's so shifty and elusive in the open field. You see that naturally. Uh he's gotten refs as a running back, he's gotten reps as a wide receiver. He has gotten reps as a returner. He's gotten reps as a gunner. And so this is a guy that you, you look at and you say, okay, when you're going to be maybe the fourth running back slash sixth receiver, what do you have to do? you got to be able to bring it on special teams. And so far, Demetrik Felton's looking like a guy who could maybe fulfill, you know, multiple roles for this organization in just one spot on the 53. So I think, you know, the strong play we saw from him in mini camp and rookie mini camp uh, has continued early here in the training camp.
1: So unique to have so many players back offensively, all five starting linemen return. Yeah. What what have you noticed about the offensive line? And some of the guys like Nick Harris and James Hudson, those youngsters, I know it's kind of tough to see from our perspective in camp, but have you gotten a vibe on how those young guys are coming along and just how advantageous it is to have all those guys back as your starters?
0: Yeah, you got your top five linemen are back. It's really your top seven linemen from a year ago. When you think about you know Nick Harris as well as Chris Hubbard, who's back and started camp, you know, uh, not on the pup list, which is great news for his recovery. Uh, and then now you add in Hudson, who's probably number eight, and there's going to be some battle, you know, whether it's a Drew Forbes or a Michael Dunn or a Blake Hans to figure out, you know, who that ninth lineman is and, you know, the next up interior guy. Uh, but those youngsters are looking good. The line itself is looking good. I mean, they know you can just see the cohesion when they're running there with some of those wide zones so some of those plays where they have to track together. You just see their ability to know when to get off those double teams, when to get to the second level. And so they look they look great. I think, you know, Jed Wills has had more opportunity now at left tackle. This is his first full off season, And, look, let's be honest, he's got his hands full. He's either seeing, you know, Miles Garrett or Jadavian Clowney or Tack McKinley who can burn and blister around that edge. And so, you know, he's coming along. But the young guys, what I've heard and just kind of talking around to people that they're very pleased with the development of Nick Harris, who's, you know, now really – settled into that backup center role and then Hudson you can just see the natural athleticism and the footwork and such a raw you know piece of clay only one year started there but boy he's in a great system and a great spot where you hope you don't see him at all this year but if you do you know that he's going to get coached up so well by Bill Callahan and Scott Peters.
1: What an awesome opportunity it is for him. Glad to hear those things about the offensive line. Let's switch to defense. I know a little bit of somber news, uh, hopefully not too somber. We'll see how it shakes out. Anthony Walker, he's been a great focal point about all the things he brings. Talk about walk a little bit, and then, you know, uh, just like the offense, touch on any other names that you're hearing about.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, Anthony Walker's kind of come in and really cemented himself as a leader of this defense quickly. I mean, you can just see how the other linebackers gravitate towards him. You heard what John Johnson had to say about him in his press conference, that, you know, Anthony Walker, that's the guy who's going to be calling the defense, and he's kind of really, like I said, just assumed that leadership role. And I guess it's not surprising when you heard what Darius Leonard and some of the other Colts had to say about him when it was clear that he was leaving Indianapolis to come be a Cleveland Brown. Uh, He has looked good. He has been the starting Mike linebacker from basically Rep. 1. You hope that this knee issue that the Browns highlighted is nothing serious. If it is, I would expect to see Jacob Phillips step into that Mike linebacker role uh, in, the in, in the interim. And, you know, hopefully we'll get Jeremiah wusu Kormoa back soon, although he'd be a Will, not a Mike. Um, but really, you know, Anthony Walker Jr. has really done a nice job cementing himself as kind of, you know, the main guy on defense. And I would even go so far as to say his impact is being felt by the other linebackers. You've heard Mac Wilson talk about what an influence he's been on him. And Max, another guy that I would say, if you talk to people in the organization, they would say, has had an outstanding offseason in tremendous condition. And, you know, Mac, uh, he basically told us, look, I never really felt right after that injury last year. I was, did not play my best football. I was thinking about my body. I was thinking about my assignments. He really threw himself into the playbook. He is in tremendous condition, and he's looked really, really good to start. Uh, John Johnson just jumps off, you know, he jumps off the field at He's at the right place at the right time consistently. He's looked great uh, up front. All of the newcomers, I really have been impressed by. I think Andrew Billings looks good in the middle of that defense. Malik Jackson, as a one-gap penetrator and interior pass rusher, has shown some things. Clowney is in the backfield all the time. And then the guy who's missed you know, parts of the last two days and then missed today with an illness is Tack McKinley. But, boy, when he has been out there, he is electric. There is, he is just exploding off the line of scrimmage. His ability to get around that edge. I think is very impressive, a relentless motor, and I'm excited to see what Tack can do in this defense. And then I'll go kind of more in the in the deeper period here. AJ Green, last year's top undrafted free agent who signed the biggest undrafted free agent contract in the league, uh, the corner out of Oklahoma State, has had an excellent start to camp, uh, getting his hands on the football quite a bit, having a tip that led to an interception. He's really, really kind of looking good, and I think you know it right now. I would say he's looking pretty good in a competition with a guy like Robert Jackson maybe to be that last outside corner.
1: That's great to hear about A.J. Green, seeing that pop up several times. Let's talk real quick, if you can, updates on how, how Delpit, Greedy are looking coming back from injury, and then we've seen some things through building the Browns on, on Greg Newsome, but just some of your early takeaways on the rookie.
0: Well, first of all, I'll go with Greg Newsom. Physically, insanely impressive. His quads... Are unlike the quads I've ever seen on a defensive back. They're massive. And I was talking to him today, joking with him. I'm like, what you feels your quads, bro? And he said, You know, I've been squatting ever since I was a little kid. He goes, Everybody keeps asking me about it on the team. And, well, Greg Newsom has been as advertised. His ability to kind of get low, and, you know, his DB coach, Jeff Howard, attributed to that, some of that to that quad strength. He can play so low to the ground, which allows him to really change direction easily, mirror routes. Uh, he's looks good. His confidence. His football IQ, uh, I'm told, are, are off the charts and kind of belies the fact that he's a rookie. So they're very excited about him. As for the guys coming back from injury, we've seen much more of Greedy than I would say we've seen of Grant. And Greedy looks like the old Greedy. Fast, guy, very comfortable in kind of those press man situations. Uh, and then as for Grant, it's been limited kind of like Odell in terms of what they've done with him in team situations. But from a physical standpoint, when you see him in individuals, he looks great. His ability to change directions and close on the football, uh, really, which is kind of a hallmark of this defense right now. So caps, those windows, they close fast. And I think that's something that's very exciting for Joe Woods. And we haven't even seen JOK yet. And I, I mean, he was, to me, probably the star of the rookie minicamp and the minicamp period in terms of somebody that just, wow, jumped out at you. And the Browns hopefully will begin getting J.L.K. back sometimes, you know, towards the end of this week.
1: Well, Nathan, these are great insights, man. I know the OBR and our Twitch followers really appreciate you taking some time in the car for us, man. Thanks again.
0: Oh, man, first of all, my pleasure. Always great talking to you. And, look, this is exciting. And I'll leave this with you guys here. You know, the Nick Chubb news is tremendous. And I think it's great news for not only for Nick Chubb and well-deserved, but great news for this organization, the way they were able to get this done and come to this agreement in a way that is mutually beneficial, not only for Nick, but also, I think, for the Cleveland Browns and the way that it was put together. And then the other thing I'll share with you is I got a chance to talk with Kareem Hunt uh, early last week, like, right, right when camp was starting. And he said to me, look, we look around the locker room, we know what kind of talent we have. We look at our coaching staff, we know how good they are. And so we know that there is a responsibility to put in the work, to make sure everybody's doing everything they can to get the most out of what is a, a potentially very special situation where we are very talented, very well coached and have a chance, you know, to do the ultimate goal in this sport, which is the hoist of Lombardi at the end of the season. And they know they've got to take it step by step. Nobody's looking ahead. Nobody's taking anything for granted. But I thought that notion, and I shared that with Joe Thomas today on Brown Daily, but that notion of you know we know what we've got here, and so we have a responsibility to make sure we get the most out of it, I thought was a, a pretty special thing to hear and, and should be another reason to be excited about this team and just the focus and the collective mindset of this team and this organization right now.
1: That's great insight. Thanks for sharing. I mean, I know that's something that not everybody knows about, and, and it's always it's great to hear the team mentality, man. Thanks again, Nathan, so, so much.
0: You got it, brother. Appreciate the time.
1: And that's a wrap on another great episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm going to have more camp coverage. I'm going to be there tomorrow. First day in pads, real football contact. We'll be keying in on offense and defensive lines for you guys. We'll talk about it. The OBR Twitch will have the... OBR Weekly Show. Fred, Barry will be on. Check them out. Again, if you have Amazon Prime, you should go ahead and link your Twitch account to your Prime account and join us for a free subscription where half of your money that automatically goes for Prime comes over to the OBR for content creation. You don't pay a single dime more than you do if you already pay for Amazon Prime. You're just supporting Brown's content. Helps us make kick-ass shows. Hopefully you would do that. That would be nice of you. Otherwise, you can subscribe as you normally would. Again, reminder, nothing changes on the OBR website. Still the Rumor Central sections, still the Ask the Insiders, all that stuff you love, still there. Please give us a follow-on on all accounts. Give this podcast a subscription so you can have it whenever you would like. Your car, your workout, wherever you might be listening to podcasts, it'll be automatically downloaded for you. You could even go ahead and review it. Give us a five stars nice review i'd appreciate that again if you have questions about the obr twitch how to get involved this is going to be a huge part of what we do this year we put out an article on the obr website explaining how to link everything get your free subscription whatever you may do it's a ton of fun join us for that thank you for listening as usual we'll be back with more camp content tomorrow myself brad Steinbrook will be there check us out listen to this podcast go browns